sovesakatsara biamupits ikimai. A long time ago, it is said, a monster came here. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be looking at a new movie, a new TV show, and also relating that back to our childhood as well, because it all kind of connects here on Back in My Day. This week, I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. And wife Power. We got the powers in the house. Mr. Ian Walter is off... Uh, gallivanting, as we say. Um, yep. He's on another trip. Man, this guy is so busy. But but with the two things we are going to be talking about, he did record a really quick uh, thing about his thoughts on both Prey, the latest movie that has hit here in Canada, has hit Disney Plus and Star and in the US on Hulu, and also um, the uh, most recent episodes of Stranger Things, which I guess is called Stranger Things 4. So that's what we're going to be talking about this week. You will hear from Ian um, I'm going to edit in his thoughts uh, within our, our talk about both of these. So um, so I guess I'll have to actually listen to the episode. For you once. might actually have to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Um, God forbid we listen to ourselves talk about anything at all. It's more just like I already in have one to ear out the once, other. So like... <laughs> why, why do it again? Why <laughs> power is like, yeah, my life. <laughs> Hey, when I'm working, I listen to all your guys' podcasts, so <laughs> I'm So we're I'm a good a distraction, supporter. for better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let, let's uh, let's start with Prey. Um, the movie just came out as of this recording within the last couple of days. Um, Mike, uh, me and you have a bit of a, uh, a history with the, I guess not connected history, but the director, Dan Trachtenberg, is a guy that we watched and listened to on the Totally Rad show. I think now we're going back 15-ish years, 16 years, when we probably first started watching the video podcast, which isn't so much a thing anymore. But um, at the time, this was three friends talking about geek stuff every week and doing about 45 minutes to an hour. And it was just topic to topic, game to game, movie to movie, TV show to TV show. And it was like, podcasts are awesome. And these guys are us. This is great. And now (laughs) this guy is making movies that he used to talk about on that show, which is pretty cool. So um, to me, that's a big selling point of watching this movie. (laughs) Not gonna lie. Yeah. Like we are big fans of Totally Rad Show. Um, uh, still in my mind, best podcast of all time, I guess a little bit of inspiration for our show. Cause we're kind of three friends to talk about things we like and movies and games and, you know, whatever we want, um, you know, not nearly as popular or as good as those guys are, but it's really cool to sort of Says follow you <laughs> to follow them in their careers. Like I still listen to all of Jeff's mm-hmm. podcasts that he does and all the things he does his YouTube shows and, and everything. And then. Um, Dan became a director, which he always wanted to be. So it was kind of cool following him in the Totally Rad show, knowing he wanted to be a director and actually seeing him like live out his dream of directing movies on the big screen, first with 10 Cloverfield Lane and now Prey on Hulu, which is a shame it didn't get a big screen release. And that's all because of a rights issue 
I understand with the acquisition of Fox by Disney. But either way, it's still a blessing. We got to see the movie. We got it on Disney Plus. Uh, let's talk about it, Dave. I know you're a huge, huge fan of Dan, and you're a huge, huge fan of his first movie, Ten Cloverfield Lane. So you must have been excited. Uh, yes, for this one, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. So I was, I was never someone who went to a movie theater to see a movie if I didn't have someone else with me. Like I never went alone. This was a movie that I, at the time, just didn't have anyone to come see it with me, and. You know, it wasn't wasn't my wife's cup of tea. It still wouldn't be now because it's more of a thriller and type of movie. It's just another thing. Right. So I took myself to the movie theater on a date, as you could say, because um, I was so excited to see this movie. It looked really great. I, I enjoy the first Cloverfield. I don't think it was like amazing or anything, but this looked different and it was just linked to the same universe. Plus, who was making the movie? I had to go see this. So I saw this on the opening weekend. I think it was like a morning showing or something, too. I don't know. It was, I was really cool, just like I am now. So um, love that movie. I think it's amazing. I think the acting is great. The directing is great. Everything's great about it. So this, regardless of of it being linked to the Predator franchise or not, the teaser trailer, I didn't watch the most recent one, but the teaser trailer alone was enough for me to be super excited to watch it. So yeah, going into it, I would say my expectations were fairly high just because I enjoyed the previous movie and the trailer looked amazing and it seemed unique and everything. And I, to me, I think it lived up to all of those. I think this movie is amazing. I think it has atmosphere. It has great acting has definitely has good directing and cinematography, which the director has lots of uh, input in. And I think that's what makes that as actually more what makes this movie than anything else is that you really feel like you are in these, you know, uh, discoveries that they're making throughout the movie. Uh, I, I think you you are there with the characters and you feel the impact of what's happening to them. And that is all around, you know, at least partially based on what the director wants to see and wants the audience to feel. And, um, you know, it's a great perspective on this kind of story too. It's a science fiction story that takes place about 400, three, three to 400 years ago. And that's awesome. That's so cool to mix in what's happening then to all this futuristic stuff that we've, you know, come to see. And uh, yeah, I I think it's great. Without any spoilers, I think this is a must-see movie. Like you said, I think it's a little bit of a shame that it's not on a big screen. This definitely would have great atmosphere and sound and all of that, those things that make this movie pop for me, I think would be great on a big screen, but it was still nice to watch it at home, be able to watch it anytime because it's definitely something I'm going to uh, revisit. So yeah, it was... Awesome. I love this movie. Wife Power, you also like the movie? I did really like the movie. Um, that being said, I'm not a huge, I guess, fan of the Predator series-ish. It's mm-hmm. just not something I grew up watching. I still haven't watched um, the originals. I think the only ones I've seen are like the more recent ones. Mm-hmm. Um but isn't it a cool, really cool concept for a movie dropping the predator in like the 1700s and having him face off against, you know, Comanche warriors, basically. It's a cool premise that could be used, yeah. could be done. You could drop predator in other places. You could drop him in medieval times or you could do other, you know, other horror franchises could copy this and they could drop Jason in medieval times or whatever. It kind of reminds me, I think it's done before. kind of reminds me little army of darkness. A little bit. Oh, they kind yeah. of do that in Army Darkness. I yeah. think it's probably other examples, but that's a cool idea. Taking these horror characters, dropping them 
in the past. Maybe you can go in the future, you know, predator against some more sci-fi people with more sci-fi weapons. That's kind of alien a little bit, but anyways, alien, uh, alien versus predator like is a little bit that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah, the, the, setting, premise, the setting, yeah. the premise opens it up for more people to enjoy this movie. Like the original ones, like, especially just because I have an idea of like what Arnold movies are is like, it's just a dumb action movie. Turn your brain off. Like you don't really have to think about it too much. Whereas this movie like really does make you think like, it's not just an action movie. Like there's a lot of like heart and drama and like tense scenes in there where you're, you're really developing a relationship with the character. And, and I like, I've never got that from a Predator movie before, so it's just like a really cool spin on this type of movie where, Dave, you say like these movies aren't your wife's cup of tea, but maybe this one is because it's not – it has more to it than just like being like a dumb action movie. Like there is a lot there and there's a lot of like character building and um, even like the history of like – how they use their weapons and and the roles of like the individuals in the tribe like it just was a really cool like way to to make a predator movie because it's not like arguably it's not a story about the predator it's a story about this um native woman who wants to be the who wants to be a hunter in her tribe and yeah, that she doesn't want a, to be follow the norm she wants to break the mold and yeah that's and not yeah. a that's not a role for women in right. the tribe and people keep saying like why don't you try this role or why don't you try this role and she wants to prove herself as a hunter so like it's not it's like that is the the plot of the story it just happens to be that the thing that she ends up hunting is the predator so it's like it is it's a it's a really cool take on that type of movie where and I I really enjoyed it. I like the actress. Um Mike and I actually I I don't remember if you've seen it, Dave, but Mike and I um she was a character in a show called Legion that Mike and I loved. Oh, she was in um, that. Okay, no, I haven't seen it. Oh, that's yeah, it. before she was kicking predator ass, she was kicking ass in Legion, which is like the best comic book show of all time. Yeah, so, she's yeah. just a she's complete Amber, um, I wrote her name down, Mid Thunder. She's just a complete yes. badass. And I I really hope to see her in more um, stuff like this. Everyone keeps saying, like, she's got to be in the MCU. But it's like, well, she was already in Marvel, a Marvel like thing because she was <laughs> she's in She's already an X-Men, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will say, Wife Power, so you haven't seen the first Predator, but this movie, Prey, is kind of like going back to the roots of what made the first Predator movie good. Like everything you said about... Uh, the big, big dumb action movies that the first movie is a much more tight short hour and a half experience of the predator facing off a bunch of, against a bunch of commandos and so and that it's very similar to this movie where it's like the predator facing off against comanche warriors right so it is it did kind of go back to its roots with the first movie which i think everyone agrees the first movie was the standout movie in the franchise and every other movie had kind of fallen short and kind of got silly and ridiculous and so this movie really is bringing it back to its roots I, I, I like. would I would say like like wife powers said numerous times and and very you know in a much much better way than I did <laughs> before she started talking mm-hmm. is that there's definitely way more to this than that first movie like in that yeah, way sure. yeah you're right but it this was still movie, an 80s action movie but it was exactly. still closer to it's still yeah. I feel like the first part of movie still 
is somewhat of a critically liked kind of movie and still is that sort of tight experience and yeah but i but i think dumb action movie is still one of those things that i would attribute to that describe as it okay yeah because like this like dumb is not something you would ever use to describe prey in any way whatsoever it doesn't look like that it doesn't feel like that none of the dialogue is like that it's smart it's different like all of that stuff is not what you would expect from anything that had arnold in it throwing you know an axe at at an enemy saying stick around like that's not that's not the kind of thing you would get from like you would never expect it to evolve i know it's you know 35 40 years later but it doesn't matter i think that there's a big difference and it's still interesting that they decided they tried to do something different with like prometheus for example and link it all together and do all these things with this franchise but like this one is i i hope this is the one that stands out for people because i think it deserves it by far um, for sure well, i think anyway, it's my sorry, favorite yeah it's yeah well yeah i think the first one like arnold kind of learns a similar lesson as the command character in, sure, in this movie sure. uh naru i think her name is but i still think this one is my favorite because I, I i have seen have obviously seen the predator movie the original and i've seen a lot of the sequels and i don't particularly like really any of them a lot like i think the first one was the best one but i think prey I think this movie was awesome. I think it was such a treat to get an hour and a half action movie. It's like mm-hmm. something that's solely missing these days. People people always have to put so much like think they have think they have to put so much like drama and stuff and make it a long epic movie to get people's worthwhile, especially if it's in theaters these days. They don't really release hour and a half long movies into theaters. And this proves an hour and a half uh, experience can be a tight, like fulfilling, rewarding movie yeah. experience even yeah, though it's only for sure. half. And I think that's one of the lessons that hopefully Hollywood will take away from this movie's success. Cause by, uh, by all regards, it's a huge success. It's like the number one most watched thing on Hulu in the, in its first three days ever. And it seems to be getting a lot of, a lot of traction online and like Twitter and a lot of good positive reviews on all the sites and everything. So yeah, I hope, I think it's cool. I think it's overall good, good news story and I'm proud and happy for Dan Trachtenberg. Cause He's turned out to be a really, really good director, which is funny because, as you said, Dave, we started following him on a podcast 20 years ago. Now he's like this really cool director. And it's like it's an example of dreams coming true. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it's, awesome. it's, it's crazy. It's crazy because, he, you know, he spent so many he spent hours pretty much talking about all these movies that he grew up with from the 80s. Maybe not Predator, but similar idea from the 70s and 80s that always like inspired him and everything. And, you know, I, I've I've watched. um a couple of interviews and stuff even before I saw this movie about like why he wanted to make this movie and how it came about and you know with the actors and everything and, and where it sort of came from and how it evolved into something related to Predator like it's just there were these ideas in place beforehand that he's he probably that he got from all of these movies and TV shows that we enjoyed growing up and that he grew up with um well I was really obsessed with making a period science fiction film I love the idea of seeing visual effects in a different setting. We just don't get that kind of movie that often. And then really wanted to make an action movie that was told almost primarily through action, but didn't want to just be a visceral thrill, wanted it to also have some heart and thought about maybe if I stole the engine of a sports movie and put it in a movie like this. And then thinking about that kind of underdog story, wouldn't it be great if the, the story behind the movie itself could mirror the story that the main character goes through inside the movie. So I thought about who's the protagonist that we rarely see at the lead of a movie. And I thought about Native Americans and then specifically Comanche are so often relegated to playing the sidekicks or the villains, never the hero. So it was sort of 
a combination of all those things um, that wound up, you know, as the idea for this film. I don't know if it's good that this is a franchise movie or if it hurts it. I'm not really sure it needed to be, but I don't know that it would have gotten made if it wasn't related to Predator. So I'm glad that it is because we got this movie. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the reason why, but it could be part of it. Well, then you'd have to make up your own like compelling monster and they already have one in the Predator and it makes sense. Yeah. And and it's and it's cool. You know, it's cool to see the science fiction meshed in with mm-hmm. uh with this. I think everything has um, to be tied to a franchise these days. But they did use they did more than just drop him in and use him. Like they did use the fact yeah. that he he like sort of hunts predators. And that's why you see him progressively killing the wolf and then the bear, and then he kind of doesn't see doesn't see her uh Naru, I think is her name, as a threat, you know, because she's not uh killing killing things or killing other predators so they did use the character well it's not like they yeah just it's not just the here's the, yeah not just yeah. here's the monster let's fight it yeah. all right that's the end of the movie we we killed it mm-hmm. or it killed me or whatever and that's it like there's a reason like you said before wife power there's a reason to all this stuff and there's a reason why you're connected to the characters because you're you're going through the growth with her and the reason for it all makes sense and is all meaningful and it all comes together i think quite nicely even though you know it's violence that ends up resolving towards the end of the movie but it's not, it's that's not just the only thing that the character or characters take away from all of this um which is great which which is is awesome now the only spoiler thing i want to say is did you guys did you guys watch the end credits in any way no they're they're, they're kind of cool they're kind of like um drawings like uh, uh oh, we did, yeah native- sorry Native American drawings that are on it. The very last one that they show is after the last shot of the movie, which is her holding his the predator's head after she kills it, and then her getting the the blessing or whatever that that term is that that they do. So she's now like I guess um, I don't know if it's war chief or I can't remember what term what term they they use for it. Um, but uh, so it shows that shot of her of them going around her and chanting in these sort of stick drawings and then they show another one of of the tribe all there together and then one of the other predator ships coming back flying over the tribe again which is kind of like oh here comes another one or here comes more ships kind of thing so i don't know if i'm just reading too far into it or if that's like if that's supposed to you know be the beginning but to me it makes it seem like oh that's the way that they're doing like their teaser the sort of end credits teaser is in the credits, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Um, so I thought that was interesting. You never know. Maybe they'll make another one. If not, it doesn't matter. It's a pretty cool standalone story, too, I think. So, um, yeah. And now, of course, even though he can't be with us for the recording of this episode, we have to hear from Mr. Ian Walter. thought I'd check in on a couple things that uh, are a huge throwback to the 80s. Um you know, recently we had the season four finale of Stranger Things, uh, which is obviously strong 80s vibes. We also had Prey, a movie that is uh, a prequel to the original Predator movie from 1987, which is one of my all time favorite action movies. So I'll speak real quick on that. Uh, this movie was a great way. They've been trying to create a franchise out of Predator for decades now and never seemed to quite hit uh, until this movie. I think this movie um, is the best film since the original. I think there's a lot to love about the original Predator film with my favorite action star of the 80s and 90s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who 
you know, he's starring in a stereotypical action film of the 80s that all of a sudden takes a turn for the better and uh, just becomes this sci-fi horror classic um, sort of a third of the way through the film. And it's just, uh, it, it just really takes its own form at that point and becomes something special with the Predator uh, or Predator, sorry. Uh, but with Prey, um, it's a very different style. I do like how the director Dan Trachtenberg um, brought it back to sort of its horror roots. Uh, he directed 10 Cloverfield Lane. I thought there was a lot of nice suspense there. I would have liked to have watched it with subtitles. I hear there's a version out there that uh, has no English speaking whatsoever. I think that could be even uh, cooler version of the film. So I definitely want to rewatch it like that. But Amber Mid-Thunder, the star of the show for sure. And she needs to go on and do bigger and better things for sure. She's got a long career ahead of her. She crushes it. You know, she's up against this predator. She's a stone cold warrior. She goes on her own journey. I just really love the film. But what we're really here to talk about is Stranger Things. So let's get into it. So I also want to add in my thoughts for Stranger Things Season 4. I thought it was interesting that it was broken up in two parts. However, I caught it later in life. So I I kind of binged it all, in one, all at once. And I think that that's through no, no fault of the show. That is a bit of a knock to it. And maybe a knock to the overall um, Netflix format in general. Because I think when Netflix launched it became this like amazing thing like oh binge culture and it was so great that we could drop a whole season and watch it all at once and and that worked for a lot of things but i think now what we're seeing with things like disney plus is there is this kind of return to the week to week and it's kind of cool to see how shows unfold from week to week and be able to reflect on them and discuss things and i think watching it all at once and having seen it after the fact I kind of anticipated some of the things that were coming, some of the things in the show. Uh, it, it didn't really hurt the overall experience. Like, I still really enjoyed the show, but I, I wasn't as surprised, let's say, uh, with characters like, um, you know, the, the, I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the guy who starts pulling the Metallica riffs on his guitar um, in the, in the, uh, under, in the uh, Upside Down he, like, I, I don't know, you see that guitar, you see it coming. I think I'd already kind of seen glimpses of it online. So that's just my fault for catching it late. Other than that, though, the series is great overall. All the performances are great. Um, I I think it's kind of taking it back to season one. I think this show has been its strongest in season one. And now season four has kind of brought it back to that caliber. So setting it up nicely for season five which I think I'm ready. I'm ready for now. I, I think I'm ready for like a final season of Stranger Things. Now that I've seen this season, um, as much as I, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone's on board with praising the show and and enjoying what what we've been given. Uh, I will say, wasn't a huge fan of the sort of the long form format that it took. Um, I don't. I, I don't know that it needed to have sort of these hour plus long episodes uh, with that sort of. I mean, I mean the the finale being two plus hours was kind of epic, but it 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 was almost if there's a way to be too epic, like it just felt like very grandiose and like it was well earned. Don't get me wrong, but I just think that uh, it was interesting going from like the standard forty five minute to an hour format to like these this sort of a longer format. But 
you know, as I said, it's still enjoyable. It's just like little things like that where I was just like, did it really need to be as long as it was? However, they did have to fight through a pandemic and production and everything. So I think what we got was pretty great. And all the special effects, the fact that we got Vecna was this great villain that they got to tie back to Eleven's uh, backstory and everything to come out of that. Now we have like sort of a face to the, the upside down. We have a face to the the mind flare and, and sort of the villain behind uh, all these these schemings of the mind flare. So it, it was cool to have Vecna be like, uh, he's almost like a Swamp Thing-like presence and uh, have him sort of mess with you on uh, a physical plane, but also in uh, mentally and, and him going after the various kids and having to take down uh, at least four to get those gates open. And then where we're ending up, like I said, sets it up for great potential for season five with the, uh, the whole sort of Hawkins being now busted wide open and seeming to seeming to be merging in a gateway to the upside down. So I thought overall, uh, really good stuff coming out of stranger things season four. Thanks guys. Percy, this is from you. Mike, I think we spoke about Stranger Things 2, maybe 3, a couple of three, years ago. 3, I think. Yeah. It might have been 3. It feels like so Last long season. ago, but yeah. maybe it was 3. Yeah. Um, was. So we did that, man, like episode like 30 or something like that. And now we're in the 130. Yeah. Like it was a while mm-hmm. ago, right? It was. <laughs> I mean... A lot of a lot of shit has happened since then, so understandably so. Everything is just mm-hmm. too much. Life has happened since then, so um, okay. So let, let's let's start with uh, Mike. We'll start with you then. What's um, what did you uh, how, how did you feel kind of going into it, and then would you feel sort of quickly like spoiler free about about season four? Well, I've been a huge fan of Stranger Things since since the very big first season, and I know a lot of people are. It's like a super popular show, obviously. Um, so every time it comes out, it's like one of those shows that wife power and I, and she'll, she'll agree. She'll probably mention this where we like, it takes precedent over whatever we're watching. Like we usually have a structure of like, we watch this show and then you pick a show and when we finish that. I pick a show and we kind of go back and forth and very rarely does a show come along. That's like when it releases, it's like, okay, put whatever we're watching on hold and we're just like binging, binging this show. And that happens like for stranger things and a few other things, but stranger things is the big one. So yeah, we were like, we always anticipate it. We've loved every, pretty much every season. And I thought last season was really good. I know we talked about it. We loved it. It had such a good ending. Um, you know, the, the, the villain of the last two seasons has been cool, but I think the villain of this season was the best one yet, which made this season so good. Um, so this was just an excellent season. I thought, I thought it was awesome. So fun watching it, binging it. It is one of those like few binge worthy shows that are, that's usually I like spreading my shows out, but for Stranger Things, I just want to see the next episode 
and they're despite, really good at that. Despite them all being basically movies, yeah, all like an long. hour and a half long at least. <laughs> yeah, so we don't have the time anymore because we're parents to actually watch it one day. But we did the best thing we could, yeah. like watch it every this, night. I don't think anyone week. could have realistically done that. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it- uh, I just thought the movie was awesome. I think it ramped up like the action, the effects. You know, it gave us like movie long episodes. The horror was great. Everything about it. everything you love, Stranger Things. Everything you come to Stranger Things for. Uh, they did it well in this season, you know, mm-hmm. so I loved it. Yeah. Wife power. You're not in your head. You agree. I assume <laughs> I, this, I was telling Mike this probably, and it depends how it ends. Like they've got one more season to wrap it right. up with a pretty little bow, but yep. this might be my favorite TV show of all time. Like I, wow. I just, it just has everything for me. Like I just, I love it's like it just brings everything that I loved in my childhood in movies into a TV show. And it just like it just it hits home. And like Mike said, like we actually used to now we're parents. We can't do it the same way. But we used to put the release dates in our calendar and we wouldn't make any plans the weekend it would come out and we would just essentially binge it. It's like we would. It, we would block off a weekend just to watch Stranger Things when it would come out because it would always come out on like a Friday or something. So right, like, right, yeah. It would. It's the only show we've ever done that for, and I think part of it too is like it's like a show that you want to experience for yourself. Like you don't want the spoilers because it's like if you get the spoilers, like it's just not. It just doesn't like hit the same way, and like because it's a. And Mike and I are starting to hate shows like this, but like because it's a they drop every episode all at once, it kind of for like if you don't want a spoiler, it forces you to watch it. And that's yeah, kind of like yeah. the downside of these is like you can't you can't take your time to watch it if you really want to avoid like not seeing something that you don't want to see. And I find like the Stranger Things crowd is like a bit better at not like poison posting big spoilers on like social media and stuff but there's always that one a-hole that does it and you see it <laughs> there's always someone <laughs> there's always that one you gotta person. just stay off social media that's the only way to yeah yourself. Uh, right. I, I wish it was i wish it was easy for me but it's just like oh but you're yeah. right you know like i actually I, you're right actually i do find actually with this because we didn't we watched it within a few days i think each section of of the fourth season I, you know we didn't watch it all in one day because just was not physically possible but uh but I, I didn't see i saw one thing that said like oh this thing happens in i don't know episode let's say six or five or something like that mm-hmm. and it wasn't even like the full description of what it was and that's the only thing and that's over the course of which doesn't sound like a lot of time but over the course of a couple of weeks of not finishing it that's pretty good i think yeah, so i think that there's bad. a little bit of like I don't know if it's a respect thing or if it's just luck or a combination of both, but I think you're right. I think there is something there about this mm-hmm. show at this point. Maybe maybe in season one or two, maybe it wasn't quite the same, but yeah, it feels like there's something there. I, I agree, which is nice. It's, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I love the like, I love how the show has adapted. Like this season, hands down, is like way scarier, way darker than like any of the past seasons and there's a mom in my mom's group and she was like my nine-year-old and I think it was an 11 year old asked if they could watch Stranger Things because there's other kids at camp that are talking about it and she was like would you let your kids 
that age. And like, I was kind of thinking about it. And I was like, honestly, like, the first couple seasons, absolutely. This past season, probably not. Like, there is a couple no, of I would, parts I'd say the same thing. Yeah. In this past season, that like gave me nightmares. It's like, I could only <laughs> imagine like a nine year old and like 11 year old kid. Like, it was it was scary like it that some of the the footage and stuff it was just when we get into spoilers like we'll talk about it more but i just like how it's kind of like aged with us i mean like we weren't like super super young it's aged with the characters i think Mm -hmm. right the characters of the show as they've gotten more mature it's gotten more mature yeah but same with the audience because there were like like i said when the first couple seasons came out like it probably was okay for like a twelve-year-old, like ten. Especially the first to, season, I would say watch. so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then, but now it's like the shows because they've taken big chunks of time in between seasons here and there. It's like those kids are probably like in their twenties now, early twenties. So it's like they're more geared towards like something darker and edgier, and so it's I, I like when they did that with the Harry Potter movies too, and I kind of like when mm-hmm. like the movies grow with the audience whereas like the show's growing with the audience it's like the people you captured back at season one it's like they're older more mature now so let's make it darker and grittier and um and i really like that the the show kind of like took that turn yeah yeah i i think um this is by far the best season that they've done by far um I, I think that the only issue is that time caught up to them and all these characters are definitely not the age that they're playing. But I think well, that's you, like every, everything. But that, that's like so, it, it's just yeah. I feel like it's just more obvious because now clearly these kids are all in their late or not late 20s, but early 20s, maybe mid 20s. I'm not sure exactly how old they all are. And then there's they're playing, you know, grade 10 or 11 kids. And like it's they're they're clearly not that age. That's fine, you know. And really there's only a couple of scenes in the beginning that really you notice that because they spend more time at school. After that, it doesn't matter anymore. And you're just either way you're still with these characters that you still really like and enjoy. And I think that there's a lot of really good character moments. I think that they definitely put all the money they had into this season. You can see it in every single episode. Like clearly they really went for it this time and they Netflix really gave them the money. And it's a little unfair because other shows probably just don't have that opportunity. So that's one of the reasons why I think it really works is because they were really given all of that. But regardless, at least they did something great with it. I think this is it's it's not going to be one of my favorite shows of all time, but this is definitely one of the best seasons of TV of the last couple of years. Like it is really, really good. And I don't think that these long episodes to me were a problem. I thought they would be. I looked at the runtime. I'm like, oh my God, an hour and 40, two hours, know, over two hours. Too. Like, oh we my like, God. Why? But nothing felt that long. It all felt yeah. like, I, it didn't even feel like a movie. You know, it still felt like a TV episode. And yeah. I think that's a hard line to to toe. And, mm-hmm. and I think they did a good job with that. And whether that's the intention or not, w- whatever, regardless, I think all of that worked. And where the story goes is interesting that the couple of twists that happen are interesting. And um, yeah, it's definitely not kid friendly anymore. That's for sure. I think they really with the thriller and horror stuff, it worked a lot more for me in this than it did in previous seasons. And season three was great and everything, but the villain in this is way better, way better, way more interesting. The reason why that villain is there is more interesting. 
Um, and it all ties into stuff that we've watched before, which is great. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just keep it at that and we can just get into like the spoilers of it from there and get into the details. But, uh, yeah, this is 100% the best season that they've done, I think. And, uh, new characters, old characters, I think they all have a journey and they all make sense and they all make this show awesome again. Um, yeah, it, it was a long wait, but I think it was worth it. So it's, it's awesome. Um, what should we dig into first? I don't know. I th- it's it's kind of hard to be like, oh, let's go episode by episode because just so much happens. But yeah. I don't know. Um, I guess we could go with with uh, one, I guess. We could go with the villain, with Vecna and all that. Because I do think that um, towards the, the time that it was revealed, I was like, oh, I think I see what they're doing with this. I think I see where this is going. But they do a good job hiding it and they do a good job of building up the reasons why and for and and breadcrumbs as to as to who this person is and was. And I I I think it all connects nicely to Eleven and to where she was held and to Papa and all that stuff. Like, I think all of that really works. I don't I don't know what you guys thought of that. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, like you, I thought he was he was the best villain and I didn't see it coming. Actually, I was like a bit blindsided, but the twist that it was, you know, it was the number one and she's number 11 and he ended up being the villain and he was kind of manipulating her the whole time a little bit. I think he was also a little bit looking out for her, I think, yeah. but yeah, I, I, well um, with, with self-interest too, right? Because he wanted yeah. to team up slash use her, uh, mm-hmm. as well. Um, which is, which is also interesting. The, that in itself is kind of interesting. So, you said that your critique was about the actors looking a bit old. I didn't really have that problem, but when they did de-age know. Eleven, that was what I think was the worst yeah? part oh, of I was it. Fine. Really? I she it looked, looked tiny. It was like she was like oh, a doll. Yeah, that's, she there was, was something off about it. It was like Uncanny yeah. Valley. Like I wish they just like just like put her in some different wig and like let her just but she would have been too, without having too, to make too tall it was so compared to the adult. She would have been tall compared. Uh, that's the problem. Yeah, that's but I why. mean, they filmed the like Hobbit movies somehow and made it work. I don't know, like <laughs> you know what I mean. Like those actors aren't actually that small. There's ways to do it. It just it was distracting. It was like her head was too small. It was like she, it was, like she was like a little like doll come to life. I don't know. That was the most distracting thing. That's a small critique though. It, yeah i know it. these are nitpicks right same with mine mine's very yeah. much a nitpick yeah 100 percent. so yeah no i i just agree i think my power might have some thoughts on on the villain that she wrote down on vecna yeah yeah oh i don't know if i wrote down thoughts of vecna i did write a bunch of stuff down but i did i remember at one point like leaning over to mike and saying like there's something up with the orderly because it's like Mm. he's not like a super well-known actor, but it's like they brought him in and it was like just the way he was acting like was, was it was giving me like suspicious vibes. Like there was something more to know. Like I think I pieced together that he was one, but I didn't piece together that he was Vecna. And that yes, maybe actually, you know where, what? Now that you say that, I think that's what I was that that's right. That's what I was thinking too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like right. I pieced the one connection um before they did the reveal. And to yeah. be fair, like the same episode. So it's not like it's not it like was, you're sitting there with it for three hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like they like it like you said, they hit it so well. And it's like 
it was during that episode as like certain things were unraveling where I was like, I feel like this is number one. Like there's got like there was something about him for a couple episodes and I had no idea what it was. And then that the one episode, I think it's like the massacre at um, I forget the labs called. Yeah, but Um, at the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they mm -hmm. show her and them yeah ever all the kids die and stuff yeah yeah she has that one memory Mm -hmm. and the one thing that like really bugged me that people were like nitpicking about online was people were saying like whenever she had her like memories she her english was better than it was at the start of the show and what people are are failing to like realize in those scenes is she's not watching a memory of herself. She is reliving the memory. Like she is. She's kind of, it's sort of like an in-between. Like she's there, but she's kind of like now in the memory. Yes. It's a a first person experience. So like when she's talking, she's not talking as like past L. She's talking as current L because we're experiencing it from a first person perspective. She's, you don't see two versions of her. Like she's not, it's not one of those memory things where it's like, she's watching a full memory. Mm-hmm. She's actually in the memory interacting with people. That's the whole and point of the d- contraption and everything. Is exactly. That. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. so people to like, it's like, that was like what people were critiquing. It's like, well, you don't really understand what's going on here then because she's not, right watching a memory of herself yeah they're she, not showing us a flashback right she's That's not what in it is. the memory she's yeah. living mm-hmm. the memory so it's yeah. it's a completely different That's experience true. so it's like yeah, i didn't even realize people were like harping on that That's such yeah a, like, i didn't either it's just like people look for yeah. anything i guess yeah, yeah. No, it's a very oh, no. very good people point will, very good point people nitpick anything i remember it was like that was a big one and then the one that everyone forgot will's birthday that oh. was like another big thing online and then there was this whole yeah. debate of like, because um, Netflix was talking about going back and editing the show so that the date isn't actually Will's birthday on the mm-hmm. on the camcorder, and then people were like, "Does that like does going back and like editing?" Because there's always like movie mistakes, and they're kind of fun to mm-hmm. like pick out and discover and and stuff as like an audience. And it's like, does that open like a big can of worms of like? going back and fixing all movie mistakes but those are oh, the two that like such a little thing it's just yeah. I know. let it just, live the one thing yeah. as a critique though like i don't know do you guys think there's almost too many characters and it's hard to give them all their proper due because i feel like everyone thinks will gets short shrift a little bit i think jonathan didn't have a lot to do no he didn't have much to do i mean i think both those are the probably the two characters that didn't get that much time. I, w- I honestly, I, th- I wish there was one full episode. It was the second last episode or third last uh, mm-hmm. that that whole group, Will and, and all those guys weren't even in it at all. And I was like, well, clearly whatever they're doing is not that critical yeah. to what's going to happen in the finale, which was not true. But I was like, well, well they I, had to help you know, Eleven sort of go in the tank but like you didn't need like six of them there to do that so a lot of them had not much to do and i guess and i think you know but you can't have stranger things without will because he's so integral to the earlier seasons he's one of the main four and like jonathan and they clearly tie his whole thing in at the very end too which yeah and i think he might have more to do the next half of the season next season but 
It's a lot this of season was about but... a, this season was about L was about eleven. The next season is going to be about mm-hmm. Will again. I think that's that's kind of hmm. what they're yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, and it was a lot about Hop, Hopper this season, which I love. I love that was my favorite storyline. I guess I'm because I'm an old man dad now. That was those by are far my, my favorite least, least of the three line. kind of fragmented yeah. stories. You know, that was my favorite one. Like I love Murray. He's just hilarious. Yeah. It's probably like oh, my favorite he's, character. He's a he's amazing. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I could just. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. But I I didn't see I it took me I still don't love the connection of that storyline to what was going on. Like I didn't I didn't quite like what ha- what they what they did in that prison to me didn't change anything else. Like it was still about what L did. It was still just about that. So I don't know I don't know. I don't I don't know. It was it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, I think they had more to do um, than like the Will Jonathan group at the yes. end, where they were just like protecting, well, just like getting Elle into the tank and then letting her do her thing, and then they were essentially useless to the plot. Yeah, whereas they found yeah. something for Hopper and Joyce to do, and Murray, which well, was and obviously like he had to escape distract and all that. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and they had to escape, and they had to yeah. they had to find a way to end. So it was not. Yeah, like I kind of agree. It's not the. It's not. The perfect, uh, you know, it's, what's, it's what's, not what is as... the movie? Um, the Star Wars movie, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. <laughs> the... Oh. Uh, um, where <laughs> yeah, they have yeah, like, no. three groups that's doing true. something, and that's one of the perfect examples of like the three groups kind of doing something. So it's not the perfect example of them all helping each other, but yeah, my quote unquote problem is still somewhat of a nitpick too. So I, I don't really yeah. don't have that, yeah. that big of an issue with it. So um, yeah, I, I think that. Uh, I think that it all does tie together pretty well. I do really like the new characters. I will say, um, what, what's his face? What's the uh, Hellfire Club? Uh, Eddie. Eddie is. I, I Eddie mean, he's, a, he's yeah, he's got to be the standout, right? Like he's yeah, so he good, and yeah. and it's just they do such a good job, just like they have. I think, especially in the first season, like in the first season. Each one of these characters is there. They all have their own quirks. They all have their own personalities, all of these things. And everyone can see themselves in a different character, in these main characters. And they continued that when more characters were added to the story. He is no exception. He is an outcast. He's a guy that's going back to school for, I think, what would be uh, his second go around of grade 12 or or last year of high school, whatever it was. Um, But he's the guy that's like, the weird kid that's the head of the nerd club kind of idea and mm-hmm. metal the outcast, and the metal head, but the, but the nerd outcast, like all of that stuff, like there's always, whether you were that person or whether one of your friends was, or whether you just had a kid like that in your school, um, either way, you can still see yourself in that character in some way. And I think that, you know, they do it in a, in a bombastic way, I think at the beginning, but then they really humanize them as the show goes on, as the season goes on. And, it just it sucks that they killed him. It sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not he only does it such suck an for epic us, send off. He got such an epic an send off. E- it's an epic send off, which is kind of why I was like, oh, no, they're going to kill him. Oh, no. Just because it was just so obviously epic. Um, but I also feel bad for his family, man. His family's had a real rough go. <laughs> like, geez. <laughs> um, yeah. So boy power. Eddie was great, right? He was great, right? <laughs> I uh- Honestly, I loved Eddie. Um, I don't 
I read some crazy fan theories after the season, and there's one fan theory that I was just like, they have to be right. Eddie is coming. He's coming back. We haven't seen the last of him, but yeah, I absolutely loved his character. I thought the actor did such a great job. I also loved the the twist. Well, not like the twist, but I loved the, like how they treated him as like the misunderstood guy because it's like you do see like though like even it wasn't like the metal heads when we went to school, but it was like the goth kids, and it's like you just sure, don't, yeah. you just don't understand them, and they look different than everyone else, and it's like you don't really like sadly it's like you get cliquey and like you don't really interact with them and stuff but it's like if you actually did take the time to like get to know them and stuff they could have been like an awesome person and someone that you could have like and that was like the whole kind of like storyline of eddie was like the town just completely characterized him based on like the type of music that he liked and how he dressed and the length of his hair and and it's like as you're watching the movie as as an audience it's like you're learning so much about him that he is actually like a bit of a softy and he's he's not this violent person that everyone thinks that he is and he's quite just because he's different and, yeah and he's he's hilarious he's funny um so yeah i thought he was a great addition to the cast and um, if you think back to every every season has had an Eddie. So every season has had a character that's been introduced to us that we as the audience have absolutely fallen in love with that dies in that final episode. And it's kind of cool that they like do that. Like they, they attach you so um, much to a character and then they take that character away. Okay, but- so it was Barb in the first season, right? Mm-hmm. Right. It was what Bob in the Bob. second season? Yeah, Sam. Oh, Sam that's P. right, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> and then in the third yeah. season, it was the I forget his Alexi. name, but the Russian Alexi, the guy with the Seven Eleven Slurpee. Yeah, the Slurpees. Right? Yeah. yeah, and then and then now, now it's we Eddie. So Eddie. yeah, you're right. There's one per season. Yeah, yeah. So um, he had to die. Unfortunately, the fan favorite has to die. It's just, that's but the I rule. do. Them's the, them's the Stranger Things rules. Yeah, but I do think Eddie is going to be the one character that comes back because. Um, and I as a DD character, as like a zombie lord or something. Yeah. So be, I oh, I was reading. Yeah. yeah, I was reading fan theories, and most of the like all the the like the demigorgons, Vecna, they're all actually D and D characters. Yes, and that's, well, that's where, where they like, get the names from. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where like people can dive into like these fan theories a little bit more because like they do exist. So. In Dungeons and Dragons, Vecna's right hand man is a vampire. And vampire. Um, in Stranger Things, in this season, there's a lot of references to like vampires and then like the demon bats. And Eddie gets killed by the demon bats. So the big fan theory is that Eddie actually becomes the vampire right-hand man to Vecna in the final season. Oh, that'd be so cool. Which would be, be so, so epic cool. because, like, the actor mm-hmm. was just really, really good. Everyone loved the character of Eddie. So, like, it'd be really cool to see him back in the show and, like, 
reading that fan theory, I'm like, this actually would really work. Like, yeah, that, sometimes, yeah, that works. Yeah, that that flows for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, and so so, read... so he would be the he would be a villain or the villain is is essentially what it is, or he would come back as he'd be, be like controlled him. by Vecna, and he, yeah, he'd right. be like mm-hmm. in the upside down. He'd be like an upside down creature, like an yeah, okay. Like and maybe they could yeah. break him free if possible, or maybe. he just yeah. or he just is the villain or one of the villains. Well, and he's that's it. he's yeah. essentially no longer Eddie. He is right. like okay. how how number one became Vecna. So it's like right. the right. upside down, like like he's okay, which he's is which dead. is so cool. Like so cool. Yeah, but it's a cool it's a way, way to, to like use the actor again and see like a character that we all love and like a different and who knows? Yeah, maybe they can like break him free and um or or they don't. But, and what's great about that too is that it get it forces the characters to go through a bit more of a journey too, because then someone mm-hmm. like Dustin especially is so attached to this guy and is so you know you know sad that he's not around anymore and had such a relationship with him now they're kind of forced to i guess would essentially would be to kill him right and like Mm -hmm. that's that in itself is is an interesting journey that you wouldn't uh or that we we have gotten in season three with max's brother Mm -hmm. um so maybe this is another version of that right which is kind of cool um but it's just Mm -hmm. between two really good friends uh, which is well, I love that. That's a cool idea. I like that. So yeah, I so could see really... why you think that 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 makes sense and why it tracks. Yeah, <laughs> it was the only one that I actually was like that I saw and read, and I was like, they could actually do this, and like I wouldn't be that upset about it. Like this, nope. this makes sense. It would make sense in the plot, and because like Mike said, there is a lot of characters, so it's like them just against Vecna is kind of like. Like against yeah, they got to do something different next season. We can't just do yeah. It's like Eddie becomes. I'm actually like, curious to see what the what's going to be in the next season. I really have no mm-hmm. idea. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I think you guys touched on it. I think Will becomes next season is going to be Will's time to shine. I think it's going mm-hmm. to be his biggest season out of all of them, and I think all his little, like almost like cameos, uh, how he goes through like. Cause he's there. We always know he's there, but like he doesn't—he doesn't really have a big role in the the show. But it's like he's always been connected to the Upside Down. Yeah. And and I think well, he's usually left out because he's the one that's missing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but I think yeah. this final season is going to be like his season. Like I think. Yeah, it's, I, I think so. Um, I mean, it's yeah. how it started, so it's how it's going to end, right? So before we leave, Dave, we want to. There's a little game that Wife Power and I want to play. So yes. you're, we're going to put you on the spot a little bit, but a uh, cool aspect of this season was Vecna, whenever he sort of targeted someone, he kind of got in their dreams, kind of like Freddy Krueger, like killed them. And the only way to pull the person out was to play their favorite song, which mm-hmm. was what running up the hill by Kate Bush for, yep. for uh, also side note, Sam. while we talk about that, Max is a great character in this or season. Max. She, sorry. Yeah. She's this was awesome Max's this season. season. She was yeah. amazing. Yeah, she was great. It was great. great. Um, Played played it all really well, and it was like you really had extra care for her. Um, Mm -hmm. Whether it was her talking about her brother or the current stuff that was going on with her, it was it was awesome. Anyways, yes, yeah. So it brought that saw that Kate Bush song sort of back, and it was it was like trending on Spotify and iTunes and everything. And we thought it would be fun to think if it was you that was possessed by Vecna, what song? would pull you out would, what song would we have to load in the cassette player for you and we, me wife power and i can go first we can all reveal our songs give you some time to okay. think so i, I have song, i have um, one i have one question about it does it have okay. to be 
a song that would be literally in a cassette player or can it be newer no, than that? it can be any no. song just your okay. your vecna song we call it right okay and then i have to narrow it i have to narrow it down to two i know i i there's two specifically we I can help you pick two. we can help you maybe narrow it down to one off sure. of two okay sure. then after the vecna song it's the eddie song if you were had to be in the upside down oh. and distract distract pretend like you could play guitar and distract yeah. all the vampire bats pretend what, that i can like, play guitar <laughs> what song would I mean, you technically i used to be able to technically i used okay. to be able to play that. some songs some not great but i was i i played for a couple of years off and on yeah i have a guitar i just haven't used it for like 12 years I know zero to anything about guitar. So okay. this is for myself too. I was to dig on you. Sorry about that. But, um, so like what song would each of us want to play? What song would you play? You know, what? In, and obviously they picked a really, really good song when they picked mm-hmm. Master of Puppets. So we're not yeah. saying we're picking a song that's better or fitting better. They picked the perfect song, but what song would you play uh, in the Upside Down? So for Vecna song, I think Wife Power and I talked about it. It's a funny, for me, um she i had a few i had like oh bohemian rhapsody that's because of queen and whatever mm, but then okay. wife our uh came up with a song for me which is danny california by the red hot chili peppers <laughs> In the state of Mississippi, Papa was a copper and a mama was a hippie. In Alabama, she was swing a hammer. Price you gotta pay when you break the panorama. She never knew that there was anything more than gold. What in the world does your company take me for? Because when that album came out, I listened to that album and that song specifically. I couldn't get enough of it. Like, White Power will remember. Drive around in my what is it pontiac sunfire or something back back yeah then? the, the yeah. gold sunfire yeah <laughs> honestly dave all the time it was just like every time i got in the car with him it was playing <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah. at the it's time i was like man. yeah i remember at the time i was like yeah it's not really the best chili peppers album but actually i've learned to really i've i've grown to really like it but that's not even the standout song of that album man oh stadium arcadium is the standout is song me. It's so good. Oh, I no, Mike loves do it. Danny California gets him hyped up. Yeah, I started listening to it again when she mentioned that. I was like, "Oh, good it's tune, so good, good tune, it's so good." <laughs> <laughs> Approved. <laughs> okay, okay, so that is, that is your that is your uh, Vecna uh, song, uh, yeah. Kryptonite. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. uh, Wife Power. What's yours? Uh, I wrote two down. I'm I'm having a really hard time deciding between the two because. Uh, these bands were like it for me in like high school so the one is Kings of Leon Sex is on Fire oh yeah and then the other one was The Killers well somebody told me you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year it's not confidential I've got potential just it's really hard to it's i'll probably lean towards wait not mr Brightside. you See, what somebody thought, told me okay no because i the, when we started talking about this i immediately thought of mr Brightside because i don't know if you guys know the story of like mr Brightside, but it's been on like the number it's the longest running single on the top 100 billboard chart it's been on it for like i don't know how long ago did that song come out oh 
17 oh, years ago or something right? yeah and it's yeah. still think, it's still on the top 100 list in the uk it's insane so it's, but then i was listening wow. to the killer it just like made me be like i love that killer's album so i started listening to the album it's actually not my favorite song on the album it's probably third for me um because i loved somebody told me and i loved um there's another song called all the things that i've done which oh, actually was song. like yeah yeah so those yeah. but because it's like i just i loved so which one are you, which one are you going with? I think I think Mr. Brightside though is a funny one if like if they were making a movie or they were making you know 20 years in the future they were making like a Stranger Things and it was that uh, movie yeah. about people everyone would recognize years ago. It. Yeah. Everyone yeah. It's kind of a meme, that song. Like it's kind of like the internet's favorite song, well, you know. And that's so. the thing the killer the killers are very much like actually between those two songs it's like which one's the most which one's like the happier song? Which one would get you moving more? Which one would like that's that's yeah. what I'm thinking with the two songs I have in my head is like there's two that I would pick, but one of them is like quote unquote happier than the other. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm. more of a feeling to it. So it I probably would be the killer song for me. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah. so, so Mina's is the killers. Somebody told yeah. me. Okay. I, and I, Dave, I, have you come I up think with that would make sense. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I have what is likely my two favorite songs of all time, probably, or pretty pretty close if they're not one would be piano man by billy joel i think that song is a masterpiece because it tells a story it's emotional anyways it's just it's great it's quiet but it you know has meaning to it everything's awesome about it um and the other one is slightly less known and much newer it is uh modest mouse miss the boat Subject, could we change the subject now? I was knocking on your ears, don't be you we were always out looking towards the future. We were begging for the past. Well, we know we had the good things, but those never seemed to last. Oh, please just last. I think it is so much fun. It's so cheery. It's such a great song. Just listen to this again randomly, this album. A week or two ago and i'm just like oh my god this song is so good it's amazing it sounds different the lyrics are fun um i think i'm leaning towards that because I, yeah. of, of all the things i just said i think the that's mo- now that you say it like the modest mouse songs are so catchy like they yeah. just they're the brain worms like they just get in your head I, I just That's I love their fun. lyrics like this song is just filled with like a lot yeah. of their songs filled with a bunch of sentences that are based that basically contradict each other mm-hmm. and that's what this song is and it's just it's so fun it's it just makes me happy when I hear this song and I will never get tired of it and I think this released in 2007 or 6 I think and I I could listen to this from start to finish this entire album and that is still the song that I will like could listen to five times over. So I think it's probably this that it's probably mm-hmm. missed the boat okay. from Modest nice. Mouse. So we yeah. all got our songs. Okay. Yeah. So now we know what to play for each other. If we're ever uh, yeah. you know, having night terrors or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our I've bodies are the, getting I've twisted into a weird shape. Danny yeah. California just yeah. loaded up in my nightstand. <laughs> if Mike ever pulls some weird shit while we're sleeping. <laughs> uh, all right. So for the uh, upside down, uh song you know and again Ma- master of puppets was excellent 
Yeah, you want to go, Dave, and we'll go sort of reverse yes. order. So my okay. mine is sort of along the same lines where it's it's loud, it's noisy, it's definitely nothing close to the two songs I just talked about, but it is also a band that I don't know a lot of people know. They're a Swedish band and they haven't been around. They were only around for a couple of years in the late 90s and early 2000s. I discovered them from, um, oh my God, what's a football movie with Pacino? What's it called? Oh, uh, Any Given Sunday. Any Given Sunday. So in that in that movie, they play a song called New Noise, I think at one point. And it's just like a loud screamo type of song or whatever. I love that song. So I got that album. It's from the refused and it's called this album is called the shape of punk to come. And that's what the song is also called. So I love this is another album that I have listened to nonstop since I discovered it. It is incredible. It is nothing anywhere close to the songs I just talked about. But um, <laughs> of course, you're in the upside down. You've got to shred on the guitar. You got to pick some metal, you know, yeah. loud balls to the wall kind of song. Yeah, exactly. So it would be it would be this song or, or any honestly, almost any song from this album or like mm-hmm. something from Rage with Rage Against the Machine like that. That's probably what it would be. But these ones. For, I, I just went with something a little more okay. Good choice. Screamo and loud. Yeah. Good choice. Okay. Wife Power. What's your choice for uh, upside down shredding song? <laughs> I just have to say, like Dave, you're it. T- like Mike and I thought about these questions for like weeks, and you just you came up with really <laughs> good answers like on the spot. <laughs> That's why he's the professional uh, podcaster. Yeah. That's why he's I, the host. That's it. Um, <laughs> because because of the music I like. That's yeah. That's why I'm kind of click on your feet. That's why. Click on his uh, toe. Okay, okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. Um. So my song, I thought this one was really fitting because it is like an eight minute thirty second long song, um, and it's just the guitar in it is just like so epic. I think towards the the last like three minutes of the song is just a guitar solo, and it's just nice. so cool. But um, it's a band called Greta Van Fleet, and they have a very like old time. Like if you haven't given them a listen, they have kind of like an old style, like Led Zeppelin-y kind of sound to them. Um, and they have this one song on their new album called "The Weight of Dreams," and it's just so epic. <laughs>
those songs that like you kind of just like zone out to and just like chill and listen to it and that that was kind of like one of the first songs i thought of was like it has an epic a- guitar solo that would fit that scene with bats fighting. yeah and it's just okay, and love it, that. it's long so it's a good distraction like it's yes. you got you so got, the yeah, song i picked song. is like six or seven minutes long too mm-hmm. like it's a long yeah one that's awesome. Okay, so admittedly, I'll go with my song now. Admittedly, I'm not a metal fan, really. So yeah, when I was like, okay, what song would I shred on the guitar? To me, my favorite guitar riff and like solo is Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. You know, so that would be probably my choice, but but I don't think that's metal enough. So the other thing that came to mind instantly was for anyone that's played Guitar Hero 3, the final song that you play over the end credits the final boss battle song um, which is the um oh my god what the heck's it called i just had it it. like dragon force or something yes dragon force through the flames of fire or whatever yeah that is the song fire and flames yeah is the song that comes to mind of like because i just discovered that song through guitar hero no idea about the band dragon force or never heard the song before but obviously heard it a lot because i played a lot of guitar hero 3 and I, that song made my fingers hurt and <laughs> it's so like, it's play. like yeah that yeah. song shreds on the guitar like from the opening and it's like eight minutes long too so that's the one i'd probably go with because that yeah and, and, and even in stranger Th- even in sorry guitar hero three i think you're playing it against like the devil so it definitely fits those like upside down vibes already. <laughs> i think you so, are i think you're right <laughs> yeah so that's dragon force that's my uh that's my pick nice <laughs> that's awesome and and while we're on the topic of this i do want to just note that joseph quim the guy that plays eddie actually mm-hmm. did play master he learned master of puppets he, he plays a little yeah he plays a little bit of that. guitar and there's all these like behind the scenes footage of him actually learning how to play the song. So like Damn. when he's on the roof of the um, mobile home yeah, and he's like, he's, you see his fingers moving and like strumming the guitar and stuff. He is actually playing the right chords, which is like wow. so impressive. That's awesome. Uh, and makes the scene like that much cooler. Yeah. All the Metallica songs are very hard on guitar hero. So I can only imagine what it's like <laughs> on real guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Guitar Hero my was for, what's my barometer for how hard a song is, how like complicated and difficult a song is to play on a real guitar is if it's hard on Guitar Hero. I think that's scientifically accurate. I think all musicians yeah, so would admit that that's just truth and fact. It's yeah. the only way to judge how difficult yeah, only a song is. Yeah. It's the only mm-hmm. way. <laughs> With the four or five buttons that are on those plas- <laughs> plastic guitars from 2005. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hey, Dave, that, that was a lot of hours spent That's learning a, <laughs> the a lot of sore fingers and <laughs> Yeah. I have one little nugget of information for people out there that want a good solid laugh before we before we wrap up. So 
at the end of chapter eight in Stranger Things. Is that the they, last? Is that the last one? I can't remember how many there were. Second last. So it's okay. when Steve is driving them all in the RV to all their like spots to like everyone's taking oh, their essentially like yeah. their post. Yep. They play this song, and it's so epic in this scene, but it's it's a journey song and it's called separate ways started playing i was like oh my god it's the journey song and it's the and this is where the hilarity ensues so everybody go to youtube google journey separate ways and watch the music video (laughs) (laughs) this has been a video that way power enough whatever power night every time we want to laugh it's a great song but it's the worst song is amazing music video ever made and anytime we want to laugh we pull it up and we just listen to the great song and laugh at the music video it's hilarious i mean it is a good song it Mm -hmm. boggles our minds that like a band as epic as like journey as we like know it today would pull out a music video like this (laughs) because it is absolutely so bad you have to watch it i'm literally pulling it up right now oh my god it is so funny everyone needs to watch it as soon as they hear all of our listeners you will love it just google it and watch the music video because it's it's you get two really good things out of it the song is amazing yeah and you get probably the best song i think think. you get to watch this hilarious music video Oh my god! Well, yes. it's amazing already. I can barely hear what you guys are saying because I'm listening to it right now. <laughs> All right, she's rocking those pumps. <laughs> yeah, so Anyways, definitely watch. That. It's really bad. Um, it's really bad already, and yeah, I've only watched so 38 good. seconds. Oh, it gets it's better. So good. It gets it's so better. Bad. It's good. It's so bad. Yeah. It's good. That's the okay. perfect definition of so bad. It's good because it's hilarious. All right. Mm-hmm. So for one of the first times, we've had lots of music talk on this, which is awesome mm-hmm. too. Okay, games like this. That was awesome. That was so much fun. I loved it. Um, so, uh, Mike, before season five comes around, we have some, uh, movie wager talk coming up. Um, you know, there's, there's tons of movies to still talk about that we haven't even, not all of us have seen yet, which is exciting. So we have more Marvel to talk about. We have Nope. We have lots of things that we have sort of been looking forward to talk about with the, uh, 2022 summer movie wager, which is wrapping up in the next couple months. But until that time, Mike, where's everyone finding our stiff? You can find us on social media across mostly all the platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Twitters. Our handle is at DayBackIn. And if you want to support the show, you can leave a review on whatever podcast app you listen to. That would really help a lot, and we appreciate that. And you can also subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash backinmyday, where we have extra content there. We talk a lot about the Star Wars and Marvel Disney Plus shows and also just you know, pre-show banter and our other ramblings if you like hearing what uh, us talk, which I assume you do if you made it this far in the episode. So thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you out there. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me this time. Thanks everyone for listening, like Mike said, and we'll catch you on the inside. <laughs>